On this week's episode, you won't hear Booker T say... I mean, his this doesn't need to be part of the podcast, but I'm currently sat in our, in our toilet because, because Saratoga Racetrack opened yesterday and so the town is awash with cars, motorbikes, buses, people shouting. And so I'm, I'm sat on my office chair with my laptop on the can and my mic attached to the sink. Uh, and it's actually not a bad little recording booth, to be honest. You're listening to Gone with the Rewind with Chief and Brett. Whoa, Nelly! That's right, you've joined us for another episode of Gone with the Rewind. Chief Doggy Dog is here from South London, as always, joined by my good buddy... DJ Booker T over here in Saratoga Springs, New York. That's it, that's it. The place to be. I've seen some uh, pictures you've been posting of you going swimming a lot. Yes. Uh, so I am a qualified lifeguard. I'm a qualified water safety instructor. I'm a qualified lifeguard manager. And I have been working recently part time at a children's summer camp lifeguarding down at their beach. OK, there you go. One of the then. things to bear in mind is with um, current COVID restrictions, the camp is still keeping the uh, cohort cabin restriction in place. And so Myself and two other lifeguards generally lifeguard for four children at a time. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So if something goes wrong, none of us are worth our weight in YMCA no. Red Cross Lifeguard. <laughs> Anything else you've been up to? Or just, well, you uh, know, big, big, big event of the week, Chief. Big event of the week. Um, unfortunately, England uh, did go down on penalties, for those who didn't know. Yes, it was a. Uh, it was the the first time we'd got to a final for fifty five years. I previously had watched them toil away. Uh, my three biggest memories are um, Italian ninety, Gazza's tears, Euro ninety six, where I thought it's probably one of the best England teams and most entertaining um, soccer tournaments you've ever seen. That was Gazza's dentist chair and the four one humiliation of the Dutch. Um, yep. And then, of course, you move into uh, France 98 with David Beckham flicking out at so-and-so and ending up being pilloried by everybody in the UK. And we never got, to a, never got to a final. And we get to one and we lose it on penalties, which is just a yeah. very English thing to do. It's the, the, the small sense, not of comfort, but of just realisation that, OK, we're used to losing on penalties, so it's not like that was a big surprise. It's just like, ah, uh, penalties again. And you can kind of justify justify the 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 uh, feeling rather than if, if you're a team that never loses on penalties and you lose on penalties, there's probably a lot more venting to happen. Well, you know, when I was watching the game, I was very excited. It was great. It was a final. felt a bit surreal because I'm watching it in a foreign country. Um, normally I'd be, you know, watching it with my boys or, uh, you know, be watching it in a pub with other people. So to watch it on your own at home, um, I had a kind of simulcast going on. I had the commentary from ITV coming through on my speaker whilst watching ESPN because their commentators, you know, for me, I just can't handle them talking about football. Uh, but it yeah. was out of sync a little bit. So I had it all going on, but a lot of people afterwards were... Um, you know, offering me their condolences and really sorry. And I was like, you know what? Actually, we only had like two shots on target in the first five minutes. Yeah. And after that, we didn't do anything after that. So I didn't expect us to win. If we'd won, I guess, as if I was an Italian, I would have felt much like I did when England lost at Euro 96 to Germany on penalties, when we thoroughly deserved to win that game. We hit the post like two twice, Steve McManaman, Gascoigne just narrowly missing a cross across the box. And so you felt a little bit cheated. This time, you didn't feel cheated because really Italy kind of deserved to win because we just sat back, we played with seven defenders or seven defensive mind players and, and tried to hit them on the counter-attack and our sort of game management didn't really work. So I wasn't too <laughs> disappointed when we lost. It would have been nice. Yeah. If for once England had won undeservedly, um, but it didn't happen. So no big deal. But it was also Wimbledon this weekend, right? It was, yes. Djokovic moved on to 20 to tie Federer and Nadal for most Grand Slams, which was fairly predictable, I think. But um, the, the match was OK. I watched a bit of it. Berrettini, you know, did well, did as well as he could have done, I think. But yeah, there you go. And then, of course, we've got Olympics coming up in two weeks. And... The, in fact, the Football World Cup is only next year as well. So, Football um, World Cup is next year, but currently going on, and I do enjoy watching this, is the Lions Tour of South Africa. Right. 
I always um, always watch the England rugby matches and I always watch the Lions tour. The Lions tour is something that's on my bucket list wherever it may be, whether it's the New Zealand tour or the South Africa tour. But I do like um, watching those matches and the fly on yeah. the wall documentaries that are on YouTube. So um, you're not starved of a lot of sport. And of course, the Premier League starts in like a week or something. You know, they've yeah, already crazy. started their pre-season friendlies. I think the first games are the second weekend, second week in August. So it's not as if we've been starved of much sport recently. Yeah, so I, I have been also a lot of sport on. And my this week, my main sport consumption has actually been trading cards because my mate um, tried to, not tried to get me back into trading cards, but reminded me of those that you know 90s basketball nfl trading cards that that i kind of used to get a few of and aspire to and i went onto a website and just bought like 50 quids worth of 1990s trading cards opened up the packs and in fact listeners you can go over to my youtube channel armor geekdon i put out uh, by the time this episode drops it will have been up there a couple of days uh, i actually dropped it live today but there's an episode of me opening some 1990s basketball trading card packs and of course all of them are worthless you know everyone's trying to pull the the rare jordan cards or the rookie shack cards or whatever but um none for the chief but yeah no it's and just before as i was waiting for you because i got my timings wrong i was waiting for booker t i was like where is he and then i thought oh no actually i'm an hour early so in that hour fill time i went on youtube and watched videos of people um with videos entitled i tried to make money selling trading cards and um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking into the scene of can you still buy trading cards and then sell them for extortionate profits? And the answer is more than likely no. You have to be very lucky or very knowledgeable, of which I am neither. So, so with Armour Geekdon, have you uh, you touch on all things geek? Uh, it's it. The idea in the beginning was to do comics, video games, action figures, toys, board games, trading cards, and stuff. But it quickly descended into mainly action figure reviews because they were the I was I was buying a lot of action figures at the time and they were the easiest to film and do so I've done a couple of trading card ones I've done one board two board game ones I think uh, no comic ones I think a couple of video game ones but it's winding down now so well it's still going but the the schedule I was on at one point was three episodes a week and that was not sustainable so now it's probably one every two weeks but um, got a few things in the uh, fire, uh, irons in the fire, so to speak. There'll be a few more episodes coming up, but check out that new one. It's all about trading cards. Um, but yeah, yeah. Listen, I'd be, um, very, I'd be very interested to uh, to hear the episode on the Sega Mega Drive NHL 1994. <laughs> yes, yes, and also Sega Bass Fishing on the Dreamcast. Don't remember. Oh yeah, Sega Bass Fishing. Yeah, remember I remember. Mon- yeah. I remember Monkey Ball on the GameCube. Monkey Ball on the GameCube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe I'll get you on for a retro, a retro episode. Actually, yeah. To tell that story, I remember once when when you and I were at university and you got the Mega Drive out and we played NHL Hockey 1994 uh, and how great it was. And I think I played as we did this the competition. Where I played as the Detroit Red Wings, or was I as the All Stars? Oh, maybe. I thought you were the All-Stars and I played every single team and against you. And you played every other team. And the idea was, because you were into spread betting at the time, that if you beat me by three games, I owed you £3. If I beat you by three games, you owed me £3. And I can't remember how many teams there are or were in the NHL. But you also played as the other superstars, right? Because there was East Coast and yeah. West Coast superstars. Yeah, yeah. And it ended up a complete draw. Yeah, it was. It I think was, it, was it was like 36 high, yeah. games, home and away. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was it was like four weeks, and we ended up zero. Four <laughs> four weeks. I had I remember some of the players on my team. I had Ray Bork. You can uh, walk the walk, but can you balk the balk? Was the slogan <laughs> yeah. at the time. Sergei Fedorov also playing on my team. Yeah, yeah. good yeah. good times. Great game, great game, um, great game. But I am hungry, so it's time for us to eat some snacks. Oh, it's snack time. It's snack time. Do you want to go first um, or second? Yeah, I'll go first this week. I don't know if I went first last week. Um, I've, I'm going quick because I've got a double up here. So I've got a... Oh, that's a pack that of Pringles. Like the, yeah, I was going to say that's, it sounded like the opening of Pringles. These are... Normally I'd like to get something a bit off the wall, a bit Eastern European in my snackage. But I've just gone Pringles today. And these are sizzling spicy barbecue. I think they're like a limited edition. They're very dark in colour. I'm going to send you a picture of that. Uh, let me just get this up here. Send a picture of that. Very dark. Okay, let's try that. Oh, that is um, 
Yeah. A little bit sweet. A little bit sweet, but the spice is kicking in there. Yeah. So, very good. Um, I'm giving that... Um, seven and a half out of ten. That is a very dark in colour. Just remind me what that flavour is again. Spicy barbecue. Spicy barbecue. No, sizzling spicy, spicy barbecue. Double spicy. Sizzling spicy, spicy barbecue. Yeah, ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, seven. And um, I'm actually going to cheat here because I've got another one. Have you? You're going two snacks. Yeah. Going double snack because um, I figured I needed something to wash that down with. So I've got one of these as well. I'll send you a picture. Now this is called, it's a brew dog beer. Hopper Lonely. It's Tony's Hopper Lonely White Chocolate and Raspberry Milkshake IPA. What now, on earth is going on there? We're gonna well, we're gonna find out. Tony's, I don't know if that's just UK, but they make chocolate in the in the UK, and it's um, plastic-free packaging. And Tony's, he only uses fair trade organic chocolate, um, so it ticks all the boxes for being a product being allowed in the house in my in in Castle Chief. But um, when I saw it on the shelf yesterday, I was like, I like Brewdog beer IPAs, and it's got Tony's chocolate mixed in. Let's give it a go. Can you uh, can you tell me what that? What that says in that yellow circle on the bottom right-hand side. It says, here's to changing the world one beer and bar at a time. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because they plant a tree or something. Every Everything you buy, you, they plant a tree. and Oh, good Lord, that is incredible. I'll tell you how much, though. Like I'm normally around in the UK for a 440 mil can of beer of like an IPA. You're probably looking at about £2, £2.50, maybe. This is £3.60 for well, one you better, beer. You better enjoy every sip of that. Wow. It's a 9 out of 10. What have you got? So me. tell me tell me what you're getting with that. Are you getting beer? Are you getting chocolate? Are you getting raspberry? Are you getting I'm milkshake? What are you getting? I'm definitely getting raspberry. I wouldn't say it was a raspberry milkshake, but I'm getting raspberry. And I'm, Am I getting any kind of hops or anything? Let me have another go. Kind of hoppy, but very mellow, but... 6.3%. I mean, it Ooh. doesn't... It tastes like a light beer in terms of... I'm not getting a real hit of alcohol, so that's dangerous because I could just neck about 10 of these. 6.3%. I'm going to put that down while you tell me about your one. Okay, so I'm going with a... This is called a one bar. It's another one of those that's got the uh, advert of how many grams of protein it's got on it. This has 20 grams of protein. Um, and it has... I think it's one gram of sugar, maybe. That doesn't look right. What's that say? Is it yeah, time one, for you to have a protein hit? One gram well, of it sugar. it is, I guess. Uh, serving size, one bar, calories, 230, 17%, uh, 12% of my total fat allowance for the day. This one uh, is cinnamon roll flavoured. So it's a little bar. I'll send you a picture of that. It's very white. I quite like a cinnamon roll. One of my favourite pastries to have in the morning. Definitely. But here we, here we go. Okay, it does taste like a cinnamon roll, but it also tastes like that's 100% of my daily allowance of sugar. That is incredibly sweet. Even though it says one gram, it feels like about 100 grams. That is very, very sweet. Now, while I'm chewing this bad boy up, I'm going to tell you about a donut shop that we have here in Saratoga called Darling Donuts. And they make fresh donuts every day, and one of their flavours is churro, which I believe is a Mexican dessert. And what they do with their donut is they roll it in spicy sugar and then the chocolate glaze has cayenne pepper in it. Wow. Yes, now yep. I'm familiar with um, churros, which I guess is the same thing. They're kind of like sort of stick, star-shaped sticks almost. Correct. And then they you coat them with sugar or cinnamon powder and then you dunk them in chocolate. But what, what you've described there is that chocolate's got pepper in it. I love it. Yeah, and I had one yesterday, and the interesting thing about it is that the it's one of those where they get the heat just right. It, it's not hot. It's not like you're eating something spicy and you need to drink some milk. But there is a particular warmth to the chocolate. They do it really, really well. So top marks for Dar Darling Donuts in Saratoga. Mm. But well yes, that, that bar, I'm going to give that a very low 4 out of 10. Just too sweet for my Holy taste buds. And you, you get it thinking... 
oh, I'm getting my protein allowance and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'd rather just have a protein shake. That's um, yeah. that's a bit yeah. too sickly for me. Now, the problem I've got is these Pringles, they got a real, they're kicking back on me hard in the mouth. Like, and now I'm just wanting to have a Pringle and then I've got to have some of this beer to kind of soothe my mouth. And after I've had that beer, you'll know that you need something like savoury and salt. So now I've got to go back to the Pringles. I'm in an ever-decreasing circle here of pain. But, yeah, um, so pain the thing and is... Pain and joy, pain and joy. Which one are you going to run out of first? Well, I'm going to put them both as far away from me as I can at the moment and I'll finish them off when, when we finish recording. So, um, well, I'll probably have to go back, uh, go out and buy uh, refills of both, I imagine. But uh, Probably best know. if you leave that 6% beer at arm's length. <sighs> now... Um, we're talking about movies on this show, and you gave me a couple of choices last week, and I chose The Island. Attention residents, welcome to the lottery spin. Jordan to Delta, you're moving out to the island, transported to the world's last paradise. <gasps> I think they're going to kill you. Going to the island. There is no island. Come on. Two of our products have escaped. Run! Do not let him get away. What was that? I don't know. But I want one. Hold on. This summer. Tell me what's going on. They're going to come looking for you. Good job. You're copies of people. So one of them gets sick and they need a new part, they take it from you. Yeah! I'm sorry, I'm not ready to die. From Michael Bay. How come I never did this before? The director of The Rock and Armageddon. Well, that tongue thing is amazing. I know you're new to this whole human thing, but backpacks for boys, purses for girls. Understand? We're not idiots. Well, excuse me, miss. I'm so smart, I can't wait to go to the island. McGregor. I just want to live. I don't care how. Scarlett Johansson. Don't draw me like it! You still think there's an island? Well, we'll find out what um, we both thought about that in a minute, but I'm just going to refresh our memories. You gave this a pre- Rewatch nine out of thirteen, Baker's dozen. Chief gave it an even split six and a half out of thirteen. We'll see what happens to our scores in a moment. But this film came out in the year 2005. A, a quick guess from you about where it placed. It, it is in the top hundred movies of 2005. Any guess where it was in the top hundred? Well, one of the things I remember about this when it came out is that I was very upset with how poorly it was rated by the critics. I actually thought it was really good at the time and I couldn't believe it was poorly rated. So I've got to say it's probably, I'm going to go somewhere in the 90s. Uh, 26. Oh, wow. 26. It was the 26th best movie or 26th um, best grossing movie. Um, it grossed a 162 million worldwide. Um, so what do you think? This was 26th. Um, there is a movie that it beat in position 27. And I'll give you the synopsis. You've got to guess. Political intrigue and deception unfold inside the United Nations, where a US Secret Service agent is assigned to investigate an interpreter who overhears an assassination plot. Is that The Peacemaker? It is not The Peacemaker. Clooney uh, and Kidman. Has, uh, you've got one of the people right. You've got one of the actors right there. Clooney? Nope. The other one? <laughs> Yep, Kidman. <laughs> uh, don't know. Um, I think it's got Sean Penn in it. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, don't say a word. Uh, uh, no. Throw um, Mama from the Pentagon. It is simply called The Interpreter. The Interpreter, yeah. I don't really remember no. that movie. No, okay. And the movie that it beat... Oh, no, sorry. The movie that beat it by one place in 25th Six months, six months after the incidents involving the lethal videotape, new clues prove that there is a new evil lurking in the darkness. Huh. Uh, um, the Ring 2. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, Put ding. T on the board. I have to tell you, The Ring, one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I think I've seen it. I can't remember. It's, but, the, it's um, the girl in the well that comes through your TV. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, pretty and scary. 
And because I love numbers and movies and quizzing people, um, before we get on to talk about the island, I am going to, because we haven't talked about 2005 before, I'm going to quiz you on the top five grossing movies of 2005. Uh, In at number five, this is a remake of a 70s movie, which was a remake of a 1930s movie, maybe? Uh, Uh, Is that all I'm getting? Ocean's Eleven. It it has a, it, it has the main, the main character in it is not a human he he is big oh iron he, giant no he he's he the is, bfg no he uh he's on an king island kong. called skull island and it is king kong king kong yeah uh, in at number four uh, hang on Star a second War. hang on oh, okay back oh. at you big boy who yeah. was the original woman in the original king kong uh I don't know. I think Faye Dunaway was in the seventies one. Maybe nope. I could nope. got that wrong. You got that wrong. But, okay, but in the thirties, was it thirties the original one? Thirties was the original one. No, I don't know. It was an actress called Faye Ray. Faye Ray. And in the one later on, the uh, the hero was Jeff Chris Bridges. Christopherson. Oh, Jeff Bridges. No, you're okay. you're thinking uh, you're thinking. On a star, born a star, whatever a star is born. I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'm uh, thinking. Jeff Bridges was the hero, and the heroine was Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang, yes, 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 yes. Okay, fine. Uh, points for Booker. No, we're not going to score points for Booker. You got Book King Kong, and then some side points for Booker for out quizzing the chief. In at number four, one of your favourite actors in this movie. This is a. I'm sure it's a remake of a movie. It's also a reimagining of a radio drama. Um, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds, ding, 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 points for Booker. Um, in at number three, this is a adaptation of a children's book. I think it maybe had a, a cartoon or a TV series. Um, it is The Chronicles of... Narnia. Narnia. Um, the sub subtitle for that? The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. There you go, ding, ding. Uh, in at number two is a, a sequel to i think it was the number one grossing movie of 1999 that we discussed last week or the week before um this is the or the third this is the third film in is it matrix it's not matrix no it is um there's been nine movies in this franchise now oh star wars yeah it is star wars episode three revenge of the sith and at number one is the uh, is this the first movie? I'm not a massive fan of this franchise. Books turned into movies, very popular books turned into very popular movies. Um, female writer. Oh, is this? Uh, I've got no Harry idea Potter. which it is, but I've got no idea which number this is, which one it is. Um, maybe yeah, number I'm with, two. I'm with you. I was never a big fan. I I stand alone, or perhaps I don't stand alone. I now stand with Chief on our island. Of, yeah. I'm not a fan of Harry Potter. To be honest, yeah, I mean, I don't hate them at all, but they're just a bit meh. They're just a bit nothing to me. Uh, Harry never, Potter and the I Goblet of Fire. I just don't think I ever. I don't think I ever got it. I don't. I don't right. know what happened. I just didn't get it. Yep. Okay. It's Harry Potter, Potter and the Goblet of Fire. But anyway, listen, we've been jabbering on for too long. Let's talk about the island. Um, okay. Where do you want to start? In fact, I'm going to start. I've been talking a lot, but I want to start with this bit. The first note on my pad is you, McGregor has an atrocious American accent. <laughs> okay, my opening um, gambit on my notes is interesting concept. Okay, okay. The, um, the fact, and I will, I will expand on that. Yes, Ewan McGregor has a terrible American accent, which I'm just trying to think of any other ones um, that he's been in where he's had an American accent, but it is truly bad. It's as bad as Tom Cruise's Irish accent in Far and Away. Um would you just say you like my hat? Interesting concept, you know, especially today with all of the genetics going on and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, the concept, the idea of the movie, I thought was yes. actually really kind of kind yeah. of cool. My second note says sci-fi intrigue I like. So, yes, I, I did like the setting. However, I wish it had been set in the future and not present day because the twist is... For the first half an hour, you think this is set in the future. I mean, it is set in the future. It's set in the year 2015. This movie was made in 2005. So I would have preferred it to be 2100. And they are actually in some 
you know, weird sci-fi future. But the fact that you're led to believe that's the case and that they pull the rug up from under your feet and it's present, effectively present day um, didn't necessarily work for me. Yep. Uh, I thought the set design was good. I really enjoyed Sean Bean's computer desk with his glass pyramid that he used as a mouse. Uh, but I agree, it was kind of a little bit muddled that it was everybody was driving around in a GMC or a Toyota and then they were flying yeah. motorbikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fly, I've got a note on that. But um, listen, I'm going to give a quick... This is a synopsis from Box Office Mojo, just so people aren't completely in the dark. And it says, A man living in a futuristic sterile colony, colony begins to question his circumscribed existence when his friend is chosen to go to the island, the last uncontaminated place on Earth. Except that's not the case because, as the twist reveals, these are... So the guy... So, right, okay. Let me put that beer down a second. Yeah, put that um, down. I thought you were putting it out so, of reach. Yeah, I was, but I had to pick it up because it's so nice. <laughs> so so in the future, in this 10-year future of 2015... Um, with all with people suffering from so many diseases and ailments there is a there is a kind of a, a back alley black ops covert way you can go about getting yourself cured and that is to have yourself cloned your clone your dna is used to clone a human being um, an adult human being born um, into adulthood and then you use their dna or you use them to uh, carry your child or use them to take their eyes when they're fully formed to put into your head to basically cure anything you've got you're using cloned um, material from yourself but this is all under the radar black ops you know no one knows about it except you know too many people know Steve Buscemi knows about it which is a problem well no actually uh, you've got a plot point a bit wrong there Go on. everybody knows about it Right. It is a thing that you can subscribe to it a bit like Medicaid. You know, you can sign up for free healthcare. You can get yourself your own clone. But what is the black secret, the deep, dark secret, is that these clones of you are not supposed to be alive. They're supposed to be kept in a veg- ah, yes. They're supposed to be kept in a vegetative state and never yes. be alive, never never breathe real air. And so you're That's just no higher No higher brain functions. Yeah, right, yes. They're not supposed correct. to think, see, hear, or feel anything. And they're just there so as when you need a new knee, which is what Michael Clark Duncan, is that his name? What yes, he needs. Yes, he's a football player. Um, you know, you're there and you can go and get your knee. The, the deep, dark secret Got is it. that the company that does this discovers that the genetics were failing and a lot of the organs were failing without them being able to be alive. So they actually yes. keep it a secret that they're alive living in this community. Yeah. And um, then the, my... the the kicker is that if, uh, say, Chief's running around and he hurts his knee and he calls up his company <laughs> and he says, I need a new knee. Well, yeah. uh, Chief Dog 2.0 wins the lottery yes. and gets to go to this thing called The Island, yep. which they show as this paradise, but actually he's being taken out to be butchered and used for his organs yeah yeah and the other twist around that is these are fully grown adults but they are effectively they have the the, the mental capacity of a 15 year old so they're still effectively and i this was a weird bit that i didn't like and felt uncomfortable with that these are all 15 year olds in adult fully adult human bodies and when when uh, mcgregor and johansson start getting it on i'm like i'm uncomfortable with this um, but anyway, my third and fourth notes on the pad were Scarlett Johansson is ridiculously hot. And my fourth note on the pad was you love Sean Bean, as in not me, as in you. Well, here's the thing about you talking about you and McGregor's accent. If you close your eyes, Sean Bean is actually playing 006 with his accent. He <laughs> yeah, decides yeah. to go. He doesn't he doesn't go with his usual. Um, where's he from? Sheffield. He doesn't normally go with that. He yeah. goes with his refined English accent, which, which he also used sounds in, a bit dicky. He, he used in Goldeneye, and yeah. he says things like, "Get me a list of all the uh, all of the echoes in active population," and you yeah, expect sounds, him to add funny. on the end for England, James. <laughs> It's not yeah, a good yeah. film for accents. It really isn't. I think when Ewan McGregor actually does his own Scottish accent, when he meets himself, yes, it's even he's worse than because... his American accent. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because he's trying to give the Scottish accent a tiny bit of American twing, twi- tw- twinge, or twang, just so he doesn't sound completely different. Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, be more yourself, McGregor, is what you're saying. I preferred that character that he played when he played. You know, whatever that 
uh, Dusha was called, who was effectively a scumbag. I preferred that character to actually Ewan McGregor's, you know, island character. Yeah. Uh, so, all in all, there was a lot of things that I still liked about it. The story was great. You can really tell that it's a Michael Bay movie in so much as the movies that he made around that time, the Transformers films, Armageddon. Like, he loves filming people from the ground up while a helicopter or a plane flies overhead. Yeah, That's like his signature. It's a bit like John Woo and his doves, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, But there was a lot of excessive damage and violence. Not to each other, but to buildings. You know, letters that were oddly placed on buildings. Why did that building have an A on it? (laughs) That just fell off. Or, you know, the thing where... Have you ever seen anybody get on the back of a truck that's carrying... Train wheels. <laughs> Have you ever driven past train wheels on the back of a no. truck on the freeway? And they or they the were not strapped down well because he just unpulled the buckle and off they went. They would they were lashed down with one of those <laughs> ratchets. I'm like, surely they'd have used something a bit better than that. Yeah, yeah. Now I have got a positive here. I did put um it does a really good job of creating expectation and suspense of what the island was. So for that first half an hour, I couldn't remember pretty much most of this movie so i was like i didn't know i just had forgotten it was set in modern times i thought the island was an actual place and they built this suspense up really well for me and i was like oh when are they when are we going to find out and the 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 downshot of that was i need that to almost be revealed that twist in the last 20 minutes of the movie but unfortunately that came at the 45 minute mark where you suddenly got the twist and the reveal but there was still another hour and a half to go and you, the reveal just came too early for me. Did you feel that or not? Was, did it flow okay for you? Well, I remembered the movie better. Um, you know, second time around, I remembered what was going on. I remembered what the twist was going to be. But I thought that, yes, I agree. I thought the movie could have done a better job of letting them be in the island longer. It was like we kind of joined the story late, if you like. You know, we joined it when Ewan McGregor's already started to have dreams and he already started to have doubts. And Michael Clark Duncan's already been taken out. And um, they could have sort of made the end of the movie shorter and the beginning of the movie longer to give you a bit more of a backstory and to believe, you know, to be more invested in the fact that this island is not or this place that they live in is not everything that it's supposed to be. And I was trying to think of other movies where they've done that really well, where, you know, like you take... Um, the village I thought that was great that twist that came almost towards the end of the movie where it turns out actually it's a old society living in the modern day yes I thought that they could have done that kind of thing I think what I made a note of was I thought the story was excellent and in softer hands softer hands than Michael Bay I don't know who else would have done it it could have been a huge hit but it was almost like it was too much like a uh, bull in a china shop telling its story yeah. and it could have been done way better well that's a good shout because what what i kind of felt was you have got this this sci-fi intrigue mystery for the first 45 minutes and then you're right in michael bay's hands it bloody turns into an action movie it's literally like you say there there's chase scenes there's that trendy shaky camera which was all you know everywhere at the time uh, the hand shaky hand cam kind of style um they're flying on motorbikes um it's just you know there's there's fight scenes there's uh, what's the dude called you know his name what's the black dude called who gets uh, sean bean gets in special yes. guy yeah so that Damon, was jimon honsu that's it yeah that guy so they, he's he's got literally special forces delta force or whatever and somehow you mcgregor and scott Hansen, who are 15 year olds effectively managed to fight these guys off what's going yeah. on there I mean, this was set. This was made in 2005, set in 2015. And you notice, you know, in 2005, what people were most afraid of was credit card fraud. So when yeah. Ewan McGregor uses that credit card illegally, three police cars turn up. <laughs> <laughs> they have nothing else to do in the year 2015 but to look out for yeah. somebody using a credit card illegally. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it turns into like an action movie and and... It was a big security risk, I thought, having people like Steve Buscemi, who uh, who were working in this in the, in the in the basement in the in the cellars of this covert base, that just 
they they then actually lived off site so they were just traveling they were at bars getting drunk coming in he does his work but he knows the inner workings about what's going on that's a massive security risk surely all those people would be kept on base to do their work well that was the one uh, sort of plot flaw for me which is when they escaped where was the road that steve bajemi drives in on in the morning yeah yeah <laughs> they crossed the desert to get to his where he goes to drink but there was no road that steve bashemi drives in in the morning and if you were going to go into that level of deception we don't want anybody to find out why wouldn't you just use clones to do the job that steve bashemi was doing and keep it all in-house yes yes um yeah i i mean i don't know it's I think my overriding factor is it was a good idea, badly executed for me, but it, I don't know, it, it still, after that, after that reveal came at 45 minutes, I was literally no longer invested. And if it wasn't for me needing to watch it for this show, I probably would have turned off. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you, if you were going to make bullet points, it would be good story told terribly Scarlett Johansson was hot end of yeah that's it yeah uh, I mean anybody... I can't even remember their names you mentioned is it Echo 2 something something yeah I she, can't even he, remember what their names called, were he was he was called Lincoln because his, his person was Tom Lincoln interesting right. twist in the story was Scarlett Johansson's character that she had been cloned from was a supermodel for Christian Dior <laughs> <laughs> yeah and in a weird turn of fate, she somehow managed to talk to her own daughter who was birthed by the actual mother. That was a bit yes. weird. Um, but yes, uh, I, uh, it wasn't a hard watch, but I just at times was, was caught up in the fact that you could almost watch it and know exactly what year it was made without yeah. knowing in advance, just because of the way the shaky camera shots... Um, the loud explosions, all that kind of stuff. I had a note here saying, why did they never question why there were no kids around in in that facility where they were growing up? They're all dressed in white. They've got their daily chores and stuff. But are we led to believe that Lincoln was the only one who was questioning his surroundings, I guess? and Because um, everyone else just seemed to be on board with this is the way it is there were no no agitators there was no one trying to buck the system he was the only one or was that just because he had a, a air quote fault in the program yeah um well they did that thing where they sent those little um oh yeah things into his brain and they did a cerebral map and they turned out that he was actually and they never really explained that how he was managing to create memories that his actual person was That's having right. That's right, because he that. drew. There was one session where he goes to see Sean Bean, and he draws a boat, doesn't he, Renovato? And then when he actually goes to meet his his real person, Tom Lincoln, there's a 3D model of a boat called Renovato. Yeah, and he's they're driving some supercar at one point, and then he has a fight. He has a fist fight in the front of the car with himself. It's just all very bizarre. But yeah, uh, and I don't think it didn't matter who I am or what I was up to. Didn't Ewan McGregor's character say that the car was worth like $3 million? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you've got this 15-year-old clone of yourself who says, I'm going to drive. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. What was wrong with him, though? He basically said, listen, I've spent 20 years shagging around. Did he, he have herpes or something? No, he had something, didn't he? Yeah, he had, he, had. he had something like that, like hepatitis or something like that's that. That's it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's the right scumbag. And and I guess you get the, the standard kind of Michael Bay... Um, trick which was one of the, the 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 you know the technical villains which was the leader the black dude the leader of the um the the delta force he turns good in the end and helps them escape so you were uncomfortable with the 15 year old element 15 year olds making out on your big screen yeah. the jimon honsu and the whole mild nod to slavery made me a little bit uncomfortable you know when right. he was looking at the the branding on scarlett johansson's wrist Yes. and then told the story about his village being enslaved. Yeah, that, that was just okay. That's enough. We don't need that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think one of the main offences for me was also the two hours sixteen minute runtime. That 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 hurt me a little bit. I, you know, one hour forty five, two hours max. But what are you going to do? Uh, listen, we should probably score this up 
Uh, before we do, actually, have we got any recommend? Actually, no, let's score it first. Then let's yes, no, I have. I've got, got recommendations. I'll tell you what, let's score it up first. You gave it a nine out of Baker's Dozen on a, on a pre-rewatch rating. What, what, what's happening to that score now? I am going to drop that down to an 8 out of 13 on the second rewatch, but still encourage people to watch it if you've never seen it. Okay. Absolutely do not watch this movie, people, if you're listening, <laughs> if you've never seen it before. You, I can think of so much more to do in 2 hours 16. You can go fishing. You can go down to stroll, stroll down the street and get one of them crazy cinnamon buns or them donuts that Booker T was talking about and a coffee uh, and have a sit by the lake. You can go and watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, people. That is a, ten, that is a 13 out of 13 movie. Anyway, uh, Chief was a 6.5 out of 13, dropping that to a 4 out of 13. Listen, this is called Gone With The Rewind Movies. It's not Gone With The Rewind Fishing. So, people, if you want to see a movie you've never seen before, watch it, and then you can have your opinion and have your say of how Chief and I have received this movie. Yeah, yes, yeah, if you right. want to go and watch Rays of the Lost Ark, of course, of course, that would be a much better thing to do with your time. But my question to you would be, why have you not already watched that film? Why not watch something you haven't seen before? Okay, okay. I mean, or you can watch Raise the Lost Ark twice, like I have in a week. But anyway... Pro- I don't um, know how long Raise of the Lost Ark is, but you could probably watch it twice in the time it would take to watch this film. <laughs> um, I, I made one note for a recommendation, um, and then we can, we're going to recommend either actors that are in what we think are better movies or similar themes or genres. So we've got, quite, we've got a wide palette for recommendations here. I had written down... And I, this, this actually could be one that we could do, because I haven't seen this for a long, long time, but I wrote down Equilibrium, which is Christian Bale and... Yeah, um, yeah. Who is the guy? It's not Omar Epps, is it? Who is the guy? Just something twigged in my brain that this is a futuristic kind of... Uh, a bit more of a totalitarian society, although the island was just kind of a segregated part that was a, a, a myth of the island but this is all of society is kind of under the thumb of of um you know the the ruling authority but equilibrium might be it might be a good shout to watch as, as as an alternative or as well as a companion piece but um anything you've got to add here? yeah i got i got four for you and by the way that Jesus. guy's name is is chouette ijafor there you go or yes, chouette yes. um so logan's run old school okay um, minority report uh, because right. it's it's kind of filmed with the same colour grade. Um, okay. And then the other one is a really old school movie, which up until about 15 years ago, I'd never heard or seen of. And somebody was telling me the synopsis behind it. It's a Charlton Heston movie. And I'm like, how have I not seen this movie? Um, right. And it's called Soylent Green. Soylent Green, yeah. Yeah. You seen that, Chief? I've never, n- never seen it, but I know of it. Yes, I, I'm not going to spoil the twist. I know, do know the twist. <laughs> the twist but I'm not going to spoil mad. it for people. The twist is mad. No, you said four. You give me three there. Yeah, the other one, which is sort of mildly on the spectrum outside of, but you should still see it, is The Matrix. Okay. Mainly right. because of the whole harvesting of humans for a different reason. Right. Okay. And if you were going to watch a different Ewan McGregor movie, any recommendations there? Uh, I, mean, well, you, I can't think of anything I particularly like him in, actually. <laughs> uh, so he wouldn't be in any of your Star Wars movies. Well, he's in you know episode one, two, and three, but you know they're you know I I have a more fonder recollection of them recently. Um, you know they're probably you know seven or eight out of thirteen movies, but um, I don't know. Train Spotting. I've only ever seen it once, and it's not something I would want to go back to. I don't think, but you know that was early in his career and he has made a lot of movies obviously but um, maybe people listen if you're out there in in podland on social media hit us up on twitter and instagram to recommend the chief dog some ewan mcgregor movies well people will probably throw out i would imagine they throw out moulin rouge in there right right okay never seen it and then and then there was that um what's the sequel to uh to the hotel thing stephen king what's that called the shining dr sleep Never heard of it. What? Never heard of it. Doctor Sleep. It's like the sequel to. Um... All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and repeat, then never the, heard of it. The other one I really enjoyed him in would be one called Haywire. Ah, oh, is that with uh, G- the the MMA uh, lady? Yeah, that's Gina, Gina Carano, Michael Gina Carano, Fassbender. Yeah. It's got a really yeah. good cast, but it didn't do very good. well. Channing Channing no. Tatum's in it. 
That's a good movie, actually. That was her first kind of starring role. I th- yeah, I thought that movie was quite good. I, I can't believe it. Get, you know, it only rated as low as a six in the IMDb scale, but I think it's okay. got some really good twists and turns in it and some really good All fight right. scenes too. Very good. Um, and then for Scarlett Johansson, um, I'd probably recommend... What's the one with Bill Murray? Yeah, you... That's uh, going to be on my list. That not Sleepless in Seattle, it's... Uh, Oh, don't, no, oh man! Uh, Lost in translation. Lost in translation. I've, uh, I haven't seen that for fifteen years, so that might be end up on one of our lists. Um, and I tell you what else she's quite good in uh, movie, an independent uh, adaptation of an independent comic book called uh, Ghost World. That was one of her first movies. Ghost in a Shell. Uh, no, no, yeah, Ghost in a Shell. She's in, but and I tried watching that, but I couldn't get past the first twenty minutes. But um, oh. I'm, this is a movie from the early nineties called Ghost World. But, oh. Right, okay. Um, I'd I'd recommend her in anything to do with the Avengers. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's haven't seen black. haven't seen Black Widow yet, but um, I thought she was I hear, really good in Avengers. I December. hear again. I'm not really interested in any of those Marvel movies anymore. I liked you know those first you know ten fifteen movies, but you know I, I might watch them as they come along. But I hear Black Widow is the start of the trash phase of the Marvel Universe movies. But anyway, we'll, we'll, I, until I've watched it, I won't give a value, valid, valid, valued opinion. Um, but there you go. So I need to quickly give you now a couple of choices for next week. And the choices, I'm going to give you two choices. Uh, whichever one you pick will be the one we do. And if you don't pick one, it will come back onto the slate for two weeks' time. So if it's two that you really want to watch, don't worry, it will still be available. So the first one I'm going to throw at you is from 2006. I saw this at the movies, and I haven't seen it since, so 15 years. Obviously, it will be disqualified if you've seen it recently, and that is The Departed. DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson, etc. Directed by Martin Scorsese. Correct, yes. It's been that, at least does that qualify? It's been at least a good 10 years since I've seen it, so that okay. qualifies. I seem to remember I enjoyed it. Okay, yep. Uh, and the other one, and that is actually a reimagining of a Korean movie called Infernal Affairs, I think. And it's the Americanized version of it. Oh. But anyway, we'll get into that if we do discuss that one next week. The other movie is Jingle All the Way from 1996. It's a good July movie. <laughs> uh, never you know what I've never seen it and I love my festive, I love my festive treats and I've never seen it seriously you're an Arnie fan are you? I love Arnie do you like Arnie or not so really? is, I, I do like Arnie I think he's great um, I think he's had such a really good interesting career arc he's made some absolute stonewall turkeys but he was the king of the action hell movie Total Recall the original was just fantastic um, oh, yeah but you, here's the thing. We agreed when we started doing this podcast, you would recommend movies that when you watched it the first time, you liked. Yes. So and I liked both those movies. Right. So I'm going to go with Jingle All The Way because it gives me a chance to really say, I can't believe you liked this movie first okay. time you saw it. <laughs> so role reversal. Role reversal. So, yes. I'm looking okay, to come so, along. But I can't give it. So I can give no, I guess I can give to. it. I guess you I can give it, give it a guess pre-watch. rating, right? Yeah. You've got to give it a pre-watch rating. That's how we work. Right, well, put I will your, give put, it a put pre... Put your balls on the line. From all that I know of him looking for an action toy for his son, yeah. um, is Sinbad in it? He is, yes. He is. Uh, I'm going to give it a five. A five out of 13. Five love out of 13, that, pre-watch. Love that low ball from Booker T. Uh, Chief coming in with a six and a half is an average. So I'm going eight out of 13. Wow. You have to look back in the uh, annals, but I think that might be your highest rating. (laughs) Post-watch and pre-watch. I gave Stir of Echoes 8 out of 13 pre, which went down to 5. I gave... I've got it all on my tissue paper here. I gave Mystery Men um, 8 out of 5, and it went down to a 7. So 8 out of 5 is my highest of a a pre-watch. You mean 8 out of 13? Eight out, of, yeah, eight out of five. Eight, yeah. Yeah. yeah stop. Yes. Listen. I'm glad put, there's two of us. Chief, put stop the beer drinking down. this beer. Put the beer oh, that's down. That's gone. It's, that beer's finished, mate. I'm going to the <laughs> shop to get another one. Well, maybe not a three pound sixty. I'll get some cheap cider instead. But one, um, one thing. Sorry, one thing I had written on my piece of paper, which I never got to mention, was the movie. You know me. I love. I love my movie scripts. It did contain a really fabulous line from Steve Buscemi when Hugh well, McGregor asked him why nobody knows that. Um, the uh, clones are alive. Yes. Why does nobody know? And Steve Buscemi said, just because people want to eat the burger doesn't mean they want to meet the cow. 
<laughs> True. I True. Thought it was if people had line. to meet the cow, they wouldn't want to eat the burger. No, um, you're quite right. Listen, uh, we've had a good time here on Gone with the... Ri- Wait a minute. Sorry, Booker T. There's someone at the door. Uh, just bear me a second. Hello? Ah, Posty. Hello, friend. Um, what, you, what you got for me? What, what? What's that? What's that you saying? Speak up. You got a movie impression? Oh, well, okay. Well, um, lay it on me. You got an audition coming up, obviously. Um, I'll give you my feedback. See if you're going to get the part or not. But um, lay it on me. Give me your movie impression. Gordon's alive. Okay. Okay, Posty. Um, thanks for that. Have you? Uh, I'm expecting some some packages from eBay. You got them as well? No, you haven't got them. All right. Okay. Well, maybe you'll you'll bring them around tomorrow. But um, all right. See you later, Posty. Thank you. Thank you. Booker T, you still there, Booker T? Yeah, the Posty uh, seems to be getting better each week. Uh, he does seem to be getting better each week. Um, he he, I don't know if you heard that, but uh, I think he's auditioning for some kind of role in a Flash Gordon movie because it sounded like he was doing um, Brian Blessed as a Hawkman. I think you're quite right. I, I honestly thought that Brian Blessed was delivering your mail this week <laughs> in some sort of... <laughs> some sort of job share thing that Brian Blessed is doing these days. Right, yeah, yeah. If he was, I'll get his autograph next time he pops around for you because I know you're. I know you're a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan of the posty. Uh, his his uh, impressions are getting shorter, which is always a good thing. Um, maybe it's time we should uh, next time he comes around, ask him if he can prepare a monologue for you. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's got an eBay package for me. If he delivers that tomorrow, uh, I'll let him know next time he comes around to. Um, yeah, prefer a monologue, but um, great stuff. Uh, listen, I've had fun. Uh, hopefully Booker T's had fun. Hopefully you, the listeners, have had fun. And uh, we will join, join. please join us next time on Gone With The Rewind. And again, I've forgotten what the exit is, Booker T. So you say something. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, wait a minute. I need to get a prop. So carry on talking for two seconds. Hang on. Okay. So I need to say something like, um, we've been Chief and Booker T. This has been Gone With The Rewind. That's right, and then Booker T can go, and that's a wrap. All right, so we'll pretend we didn't say that. We'll come back. Is he prepared now? No, I can hear a door going. All right, okay, is he ready? I think he's ready now. Yeah, he's ready. Okay, I'm back. So uh, you, okay. sa- you say your goodbyes. Yes. All right, fine. I've, I've talked to the audience about it already, so they know what's coming. Okay, and then I say... Uh, yeah, you say, and that's a wrap, clapperboard. Uh, um, for this week from DJ Booker T that's a wrap okay fine I've been the chief he's been Booker T you've been the audience and that is a wrap yeah we need to work on that but um, (laughs) (laughs) we at least need to remember it (laughs) yeah listen people out there in podland uh, uh, have a good week and uh, and as always uh, we'll catch you on the flip side see you later be safe people